0: Welcome to Birdie Me, the podcast. Powered by Backswing Golf Events.
1: What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another edition of Birdie Me, the podcast. Powered by Backswing Golf Events. It's your host, Nick Johnson. And thank you guys for joining us for another segment. I got my co-host back finally from the bench from basically close to death, uh, the beautiful Rachel Aaron Jones. Are you feeling a little bit better? Your voice is like back to normal.
0: I hope so. Still a little raspy, but we'll make it. We'll make it for Betsy. Well, it, so
1: Oops. It, it makes you more. uh makes it sound more distinct. Makes you, you know. You know, I do it for you'll... the
0: podcast, Nick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well. You uh you had a couple of tournaments like the last few days, probably pretty yeah. pretty solid, solid. Right?
0: What solid, was the solid.
1: I can't keep track of you anymore. Like one day you're on an airplane, the next day you're playing at a tournament. Um, I see like leaderboards pop up on your Instagram. Like I don't even think Instagram can keep up with you at this point. <laughs> I
0: don't think so. Is
1: there give me what was the uh the tournament you played yesterday and the day before?
0: So it's a tour called Minor League golf tour. Um, It's a tour for people in South Florida. So there's a lot of us in Jupiter and um, they do it pretty much from Miami up to, I don't know, Jupiter. Um, And so they have like one day events a lot throughout the week, probably like four a week or three a week. It's really cool. Um, So in between our own, like the bigger tournaments we have on different tours, you know, it's good to get reps in with that tour. And so I usually sign up for the one days just because it's just one day of, you know, test of golf. So I did one yesterday on one course and then a different course the day before. And then I'm going to play one Monday um, at a course I have been to. I've never played the one two days ago. Um, I played the one yesterday before. And then Wednesday is my U.S. Open qualifier here. And then, yeah, I just won another rep before that. So Monday I'll
1: play. So I think the U.S. Open qualifier is a little different for women, right? Is it, so the men's is like, I think it's 36 and then you get through to sectionals and another 36.
0: Yeah, it's 36 it for us, but we don't have locals, so we just go sectionals. So okay. I think they're picking cool. three out of 75 or so girls from my site, which is Admirals, which is like five minutes from my house, which is awesome. I'll have to travel.
1: Where's the US Open this year? Pebble? Yeah. It's at Pebble, right? Okay. Well, if you get in, just let me know. I'll, I'll hop on the bag or carry your water bottle around or, uh, your, your sweatshirt. I will, I will not be paying attention to you the entire round. I'll just be, <laughs> that's, that's probably the worst pitch a caddy's ever had. Let me, let me caddy for you, but I'm not going to be paying attention to you at all.
0: Um, yeah, you can, uh, we got to get that mic thing set up.
1: That'd be sick. The, oh, the on, the on course thing yes we definitely we definitely do that's uh some we can't we can't spill the beans too much because i don't want anybody stealing our ideas um but yes we do need to get that that was all you that was all you um so Rach, i can hear betsy in the background just inching to get in on this conversation rachel who do we have this week
0: we have betsy kelly one of my friends i met through golf what do you know um she's awesome she is a go-getter and yeah I'm excited to have her today super pumped yeah thanks for having me on you know Rachel and I are always we're we're always twinning we're both the blondes out there on tour running around and it's funny because people think we're literally sisters so everywhere we go see and they're like oh y'all aren't related nope until they hear us both speak and then she has the Minnesota accent I have the North Carolina accent yeah, mine's, mine's like a hard
2: Minnesota accent. <laughs> but yeah, th- thanks for having me on, guys. I I was trying to chime in on the conversation, the whole mic step on the course. It was so funny. I just got that. I I just bought, like, a microphone because I was going to do, you know, the mic up play a hole with me because I feel like everyone's doing that now. And I'm like, all right, I get out in the course and, like, I play, you know, I play a hole and it was going to be so good like I birdied it and everything and it was funny and then I go back to my video and I'm like shit I didn't hurt like it didn't work like the microphone didn't work <laughs> so I was like all right I'm a rookie but I think I figured it out now
1: well it's 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 part of the uh it's part of the movie magic as I like to call it I mean it's it's taken some some go- some practice for sure I was recording last week, and the dumbest thing that you probably do it's almost like taking a picture when you don't take the lens off the camera. I had my mic uh muted the entire time. I was recording like a full segment for the podcast last week, and I was, was like, man, I crush like I probably do for some behind the scenes for our listeners. I probably do like four or five takes before I'm happy with certain segments." Um, and I was like, "Yes, I crushed it! Like, happy with it." And then I go listen for the audio, and it's not there. Like, super cool. Let's go and do that a couple more times. Uh, but thank you so much, Betsy, for coming on. I know you've been uh, super busy with other podcasts. This is probably like your fourth or fifth podcast this week, right? Um, I put on my yeah, my,
2: po- my podcast game is strong right now. <laughs>
1: Um, I put on my full BK outfit for you, black on black. I'm literally head to toe in black, and I'm I'm glad Rachel didn't wear black because I probably wouldn't be able to know who was talking. It would you guys definitely. Um, I I see I see a spinoff in the future, like a, maybe a sitcom spinoff. We we can work out the details, but I think we there's something here. All right. And we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. This episode is brought to you by Backswing Golf Events. Backswing Golf Events is a group of over 250 professional women golfers who are running charity events throughout the country, raising millions of dollars for these charities in the process. Our very own Rachel Jones has been with them for a couple of years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been with them for a few years, going on my third year. Uh, I really love the company. We not only raise money for amazing charities, but also create very fun environments for the players for charity events. We do long drive. We also do our uh, normal Beat the Pro on a par three. And we do Roaming Pro, which is one of my favorites. We hit shots with multiple uh, players throughout the round. So it's a really fun company to be a part of
1: very cool i've been to quite a few of these events uh for you guys out there that might need a little bit of added spice these girls bring a lot of fun a lot of energy and they just bring a good time to you know any sort of event you guys might have i've done a couple scrambles a couple shotguns definitely recommend going there and checking them out at uh backswing golf events is our instagram handle or you can dm us at birdie me underscore podcast or check out the website www.backswinggolfevents.com okay welcome back guys let's take a step back real quick and just explain to our listeners a little bit about betsy and why it's so great for her to be on the podcast today uh you you played at colorado state right um Give our listeners a little bit of an idea of your time there. You had a lot of success through junior golf, through amateur golf, and then now professional golf. Like, Give us a little bit of the progression and how it's gone.
2: Yeah, and this will will actually answer some questions I got from some of my Instagram followers. They were like, you know, did you play high school golf? Um, The answer is yes. I started playing golf when I was four years old, and I just grew up playing all the junior tournaments in Minnesota. And I think my first, I started competing when I was seven and then I just set goals at a young age. Like I remember since I was four years old, I told everyone like, Hey, I want to be on the LPGA tour. That's my dream. What do you want to, yeah. Like, what do you want to be when you get older? And I'm like, I want to be on the LPGA tour. And so, you know, your junior golf career, I did everything that I possibly could. Um, I remember in fifth grade, my dad took me to the state high school golf tournament. And I was like, I'm going to win this one day. And then I won the state high school golf tournament when I was Let's in high freaking school.
0: You go, dude. Um,
2: yeah, I came eight, in fourth. Five, so you well, got me beat there.
0: <laughs> Probably mm-hmm. a lot
2: better competition in uh, well North Carolina, but Not North
0: Carolina. Well, like we had I don't know. Players
2: in Minnesota. We definitely had, we had. players. what? Wait,
0: what school were you? I was three A. Where? What were, we're you? Three
2: A, like the big three A. We were a big. Class. That's same. Yeah. Yeah. So it four was is like, my favorite number. Oh my gosh, mine too
0: four that's another number (laughs) me too
2: okay rachel and i are actually twins but um the next step was getting a full ride scholarship to go play division one golf and so i did that i go to colorado state i was actually being recruited from all sorts of schools and um i was really thinking about playing at the university of minnesota because it was my hometown you know it's big 10 big schools but i fell in love with colorado like I don't know. I think I just played in Minnesota Winters. So, yeah. And then I played college golf. Uh, My freshman and my sophomore year were probably my best. I took second individually my freshman year at the Mountain West Conference Championship. Sophomore year, I think I had like multiple top fives, top tens. And then my game kind of spiraled downhill a little bit my junior and senior year. I just, I don't know, multiple things I won't even get into. But into the working world right away because I was like, how do I pay my bills? Like, college golf paid for everything, and I don't have rich parents. So how the hell am I supposed to just, like, come up with money to – like, I have to pay, like, a rent, and I have to pay for a car. And I don't know. Like, what do you do, right? So I get a job, and I'm working a job for a little bit, and I just deep down, I'm like, screw this. Like, I got to go play professional golf. So I quit my job, and I, I and then I turned. I went to Q school. I turned pro. Honestly, I this was, like 2017, I think. I'm down in Scottsdale and playing some cactus tour, and I had at the time it was the Metro Tour status. I played one Metro Tour event, and um, yeah, I ran out of money. So I was like, how the hell do you do this? Like, I don't have rich parents. I don't have good sponsors. How do you do this? So I had to go back into the working world which was kind of depressing, but got to do what you got to do. And then 2020, I was like, I got to play again. Uh, yeah, I know I'm just rambling on, but that's kind of like the timeline of my story. It's obviously, COVID was in 2020. So then I'm like, well, I can't go back to Q school. But yeah, so here I am. And I am not going to stop. Like, I'm going to get on the
0: LPGA. And-,
1: and we'll be right back after this commercial. This episode is brought to you by Jolla.com. Hey, Nick. What's up, Rach?
0: I'm actually going to go visit your hometown in a couple weeks. You're from San Diego, right?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, technically, I'm from La Jolla.
0: Isn't that where Torrey Ponds is, where they have the farmers?
1: Yes. So it's about 15 minutes north of the San Diego airport. Um, It's where they had the farmers insurance open every year and it's also where they had the infamous 2008 us open where tiger woods basically one-on-one leg.
0: that's right that was incredible uh, i'm definitely gonna have to check it out i still need to figure out something i'm going to do off the course though um can you send me some places
1: so i can definitely send you some places but where i go for my recommendations is actually Uh it's a comprehensive website dedicated to not only the San Diego area, but the La Jolla area as well, showcasing its beauty and all the attractions.
0: That's incredible. What kind of stuff does it cover?
1: So it covers a wide range of topics. It includes like the history of La Jolla, the stunning coastal landscapes, cultural events, wildlife encounters, and top-notch dining uh, and cuisine experiences.
0: Very good. Very good. Um, I just briefly looked it up. It looks like it aims to provide insider tips, recommendations, virtual tours even to help visitors make the most of their time in La Jolla.
1: Yeah. Whether you're you know, with a family, going by yourself, it's a perfect place uh, for adventure, relaxation, maybe a taste of the local scene. Or we have some uh, local golf recommendations as well from myself personally. So it's definitely the go-to destination for all things related to La Jolla tourism.
0: Very cool. What's the name again?
1: So it's a little bit hard to spell. It's L-A-J-O-L-L-A dot com. Go ahead and check it out for yourself for anything La Jolla tourism related. A little bit I wanted to talk about with you, Betsy, is you're pretty open in terms of some of your struggles from your past, in terms of just mental health. And I thought this was something that I wanted to bring up um, just briefly. And we do need to get into our shotgun spinner for the week as well. Um, But you did have a little bit of um, about with an eating disorder, right? Do you want to kind of briefly talk about that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll start it with this. I talked about my background growing up, and I grew up on a golf course. And my, I mean, my mom cooked amazing meals, right? But I had no idea what nutrition was. Like, I would grab a a, a couple Mountain Dews on the golf course and go home and eat some chicken nuggets and pizza and mac and cheese, and then go back out with some Mountain Dews. And I mean, I was fine. I was a very fit, athletic. Kid growing up, also kind of playing all sorts of sports, but you know, you go to college, and I started learning about nutrition because they give us as a D one athlete nutritionists and weight trainers, and I over obsessed on it. Like I take everything I do, and I go like one hundred and fifty percent. And you know, at the time in college, Pinterest was a big thing, and so I'd go on Pinterest, and I was looking up like all this stuff with healthy eating, and I basically by the content that i was taking in from society and social media kind of brainwashed myself number one to think carbs were terrible for you like bread is bad don't even eat a banana because there's too much sugar in it so i literally slowly started to eliminate things from i, I started to eliminate carbs from my diet and you take that and, t- and this started this literally started in college um So with that mindset over time, uh, fast forward to 2019, I was going through 2018, 2019, I was going through a pretty tough time, I was not playing golf anymore. And I that kind of like, killed me, right? Like, basically, the light inside of me that's shining through me following my passion and my purpose was totally just like, washed, burnt out. And I just fell into some really bad habits, and I, I held on to something that I knew I could control, and that was controlling my, my diet. And I just wanted—I don't know—I just wanted to look good, like. <laughs> and not only did I was obsessed on cutting out carbs, but I also counted macros to a T. I wore one of those Fitbits forever and an Apple Watch, and I, I mean, there was days where I'd be like oh my gosh, I've only burned 1800 calories today. Like I've eaten more than that. I need to go do cardio to burn it off. That's how my mind was thinking. And I opened up about this now and I'm very comfortable about it because there are so many girls out there that have that same mindset and struggle with it that they don't talk about it. And I still struggle, right? Like sometimes I'm like, I didn't work out today. I can't eat this much that I normally do. And that's just not what you want to do. But right, right. I literally over-obsessed between the Fitbit, counting calories, um, making sure I wasn't eating carbs. And then it got to a point where I, I just didn't want to eat any unhealthy food. Like Rachel's over here talking about how she's eating Skittles on the golf course. You couldn't have paid me money to eat one of them when I was at my work. Like I wouldn't even eat a chip. So you can only imagine, here's this girl who's like constantly working out. Cardio. I would just did a ton of cardio. I wasn't lifting. I was constantly working out. I was maybe eating 60 grams of carbs a day, if that. And then at the into the mix, I'd go out on the golf course and I'd walk nine holes and I'm throwing back keto shooters. <laughs> my birthday in 2019, I was super excited because I thought my family was having like this little party. And I went over to my brother's house. And, uh, you know, what I thought was my birthday party ended up being, like, like no joke, a scene out of MTV Intervention or whatever that show is called. So, my family did an intervention on me. I've this now a few times so I can talk about it. But it's really deep. Like, it, basically, it was just, like, stormed out of there. And I was, like, at this, like, screw all of you guys. They forced me to treatment though. So I had to go to treatment at an eating disorder center, which then, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm very routine oriented. And I was like, this is going to put such a time, like, I can't put this into my daily routine because I had to go to this treatment center every day. And I'm like, how am I supposed to do that? Like, I'm right. like, I just didn't want to go, <clears throat> but I did. So I went and they basically forced me to see psychologists, therapists, uh, dietitians, like all these people. And I basically Mm -hmm. just told them what they wanted to hear. Like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll do this. And I didn't, I didn't do any of it. I was like, screw you guys. Um, and this is literally my mindset. And I just, I was like, he was trying to tell me that I needed to eat like all of these protein shakes with dairy in it. And I'm like, girl, I don't eat that shit. Like I don't do dairy and uh, So anyways, I still don't do dairy. Like that's a whole Mm -hmm. different story, but, um, I went to basically check a box.
1: Well, I, I appreciate you being open about this. It's definitely not an easy topic to talk about. And it's, it's frankly something I racked my brain about talking about on a podcast because I deal with, I've dealt with depression my entire life. So this is something that is a little bit close to the chest for me in terms of like, you know, I felt like it needed, needed to be talked about because you are so open about it. And I think people Mm -hmm. need to understand that, you know, we don't really know, and I'm kind of quoting Ted Lasso here, but we don't know what's going on in each other's lives, right? None of us do. Um, You know, I've been going and I'm still, I think we're we're always struggling. I don't think any of us really, you know, get a hundred percent out of it. I think we just learn how to cope with it better. Um, -hmm. you know, I won't go into too much detail, but, um, I basically had this entire like path for myself as I was playing golf that I wanted to win a national championship. I wanted to turn pro at 25. I want, or I wanted to get through Q school at 25. And it's funny Mm -hmm. how. It's funny how life doesn't really give a give a shit of what your plans are. Things kind of just happen, um, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. of a, I don't think I've really explained really to Rachel or anyone in a whole lot of depth why I'm in Austin, Texas, but, um, and I won't go in, again into too much detail, but I basically came out here for a job, which I was let go of in two months. So my mm-hmm. entire life got uprooted um, basically at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a very big guy. I think I graduated college at like 155 and I kind of stay around that. But when I was done working in the the job here, I had lost like 10 pounds because I was working like 80 Mm -hmm. hours a week and, (laughs) you know, you kind of get into these ruts and, uh, but nevertheless, it seems like a conversation I wanted to have. Uh, because it is a struggle for a lot of people out there where they feel like they either are alone or like you said, you kind of, you were, I mean, I, I started going to therapy when I was really, really young. Um, it wasn't really therapy. It was sports psychology, which ended up being therapy. Mm -hmm. And I think there, I always think about this where maybe I was told at a young age that there was something wrong with me.
0: I can relate to this. Or
1: or maybe I was, you know, I was given an an intention that there had to be Mm -hmm. something fixed um, where it wasn't necessarily that way. And I went, so basically, and it's funny how Mm -hmm. when you think back, things come together. I had a teammate from high school who was a couple years older than me. And this is maybe more or less when Instagram came out and this is kind of alluding to your, your portion about social media and how toxic it can be. But you start seeing how other people are living their lives and com- it's hard not to compare yourself. So, uh, my teammate had one national championship, like two years in a row, um, So I see all the pictures with the NCAA ring and, you know, I'm on my path to college. I'm like, that's the only thing I care about is getting that NCAA ring. And we get to our national championship. I don't even know if my teammates know this portion, but we get to Mm -hmm. a national championship. My senior year, we've had a banner year where we're basically number one in the nation, the entire year we had the number one player in the, in the nation on our team. I was like two or three depending on the week and that was like the epitome of everything i had i had worked for with that week and i sucked ass the entire week i could not find a club like the club face at all um until like the final round and i probably still have dreams about this but the final round there's a hole out at the grand over in in uh, florida i don't know if, rachel if you've ever played it but there's um it's like a really weird par par five where you can't hit driver or you'll hit it into the Creek, like on mm-hmm. the other side, like you basically have to hit like a 40 yard hook around the corner and then you have to lay up. Cause there's another Creek. It's the weirdest hole. So I, okay. I hit like a two iron off the tee and my parents were up basically like following the group and mm-hmm. they told me it would not stop rolling. Like, I just, I hit a hard spot and it just rolled right into the creek. And I went into this spiral and like made a double bogey and then double bogeyed the next hole. And basically, long story short, totally messed up around that. I was probably, if I had kept my shit together, we would have won the national championship. And I went into the biggest depression probably to date. (laughs) Although this one I'm currently in is probably a close second. Um, (laughs) sorry to try to try to keep it light a little bit but basically i cut off everybody after that after we didn't win Mm -hmm. because i had built up this persona in my mind that i didn't achieve the only thing i wanted to achieve so i wasn't worth it to anybody so i broke with my girlfriend at the time basically stopped talking to anybody for a year Mm -hmm. um But anyway, the, the point the point of that story is we all have our struggles and we all yeah. should be able to talk about them. And I do appreciate how open you are about it. And, uh, yeah. you know, Rachel, you can give well, your two
2: And Nick, thanks for opening up on yours too because yeah, I honestly, I hate to admit this, but guys are terrible at opening up. And it's Most. an issue because, oh, like you said, I think a lot of people are fighting these these battles and these mental struggles that they have never told anybody and so if you're listening and you're one of those people like just find someone that you can open up to and talk to about it because it it will help and it i mean
0: you can reach out to all of us too
2: yeah you can reach out to us and but yeah i mean it's and crazy it's a crazy world out there and people go through there's always ups and downs in life and it's just
0: I think that's cool because I didn't know we all had the common thread like I mean I knew about your story a little bit Betsy but I didn't know because like for me like it was you know I dealt with anxiety and depression since third grade and finally was like healed of it like freshman year of college so like obviously I had been like on this long journey and like I had a great life like my family was awesome but no one knew like internally what was going on and so you're like oh they, your life is so easy it's like no you have no idea like what i feel like right now um but then like it was so bad to the point where i had to take a medical like freshman year of, of college and that's why i have a medical and that's why i redshirted, and that's yeah, right. why i have another year of eligibility technically still i've never used but um yeah so my coach was very understanding that was a whole nother like god thing because you know, it was division one, like no one just can just quit like that. So she gave me like all that first freshman semester off and like held my spot. And yeah, to take an underload. That's why I wasn't allowed to play on the team because I had to take nine hours.
2: I had no idea.
0: Yeah, it was so bad to the point like, like luckily my mom went to Carolina. So she was able to like, I was so bad that I didn't even know like where to go, like on campus. Yeah, like I was that out of it. And um. And and like fr- fifth grade is when it like was the worst. At, well, that was the worst. But this was like the second worst was fifth grade. And like literally the doctor thought it was my heart. So I had to like go to Duke Hospital and like wear this pacemaker, whatever it was, like tracker for like yeah. two weeks. That wasn't it because I'd like wake up and like every time I got up from sitting down or laying down, I'd see white. And so we're like, well, what's wrong yeah. with you? I didn't eat anything. I couldn't eat. I had no appetite at all. I lost a lot of weight. And yeah, it was like a little scrawny thing. And then one night I woke up with like the worst panic attack. Cause I don't have like, I never really had panic attacks much. I had like three in my life. It was more like general anxiety, but I woke up and my parents were like, this is it. We're going to the hospital. And so this was after the whole heart thing and they figured out it wasn't my heart. So I got to the hospital. It was like Winston-Salem where I was born. And my mom really likes that hospital. So she was like, we're going to the kids hospital in Winston. And that's where I'm, it was like an hour away from my hometown at that point. And I got there, and there was, like, no one in the ER. I was, like, the only one. They said, usually we have, like, 50-plus kids. Like, this is amazing. That's just okay. you. So, like, I had full, like, support. And so that was another thing. It was, like, well, like, it was, like, there was, like, I don't know. It was just, like, it's paused. Time was paused, And basically, they gave me, like, placebo effect pill. And I was, like, oh, yeah, give me a pill. And I got the pill. It was, like, a Tylenol. And I was better. So, like, it was obviously in my head. And so then they, like, you know, the whole diagnosis thing, which I don't totally believe in just because like I'm better. And literally like, you know, I prayed my whole life to get rid of this. And like before college golf started. And of course, like, it's not in our timing when we get healed, but it was freshman year about my birthday again, like October is when it all turned around for me. It was like 360, like not 360, 180. Like my mom literally was like praying on the phone that night. And she was like, I know things are gonna be better tomorrow morning when you wake up. And like Sure enough, Isn't like, I tried treatment, I tried, I tried pills, I tried meds, I've tried therapy, I tried EMDR, I tried biofeedback, like I tried everything. And it was literally like one day and I had the awesomest roommate. She was a gymnast. And I woke up and it was like, pumped about life. Because like, before that, I didn't want to wake up. Like, I was just like, I don't want to do the day. It's too hard. Yeah, that's like
2: God, That's a God thing too.
0: Like, that's like my testimony basically. It's just like the fact that I can go from zero joy to like hundred percent joy. Like my joy meter is like off the charts and it's only because of that, like him. Like I there's no way. Like it was like yeah. so low and so high, and that's only because like that.
2: Well, and that's like I think what I'll tell anyone and you know, I'm not trying to push being a believer on anyone, but I can just speak to what has happened to me and like what's happened yeah. to me, Rachel. It's like, God totally got me out of my low. Saved. I mean, literally saved our lives, oh healed us, delivered us. Like, yeah. Fear. I literally prayed, and I, I was always like, I was born Christian. You know, I was baptized when I was a baby and went to church when I was growing up. But I think a lot of people kind of get, they drift.
0: Like, hit rock bottom. Is the right
2: word. They drift away from their faith. And I was that person because I got caught up in all my sports. And yeah, I was the person that went to church on Christmas and Easter. And I'm like, you know, yeah. I prayed here and there. But. I went and played like an LPGA Monday qualifier 2019 at my low point and I I just remember sitting in my car and I prayed and I was like, all right, God, like you got to tell me what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm so lost and I'm so depressed and I'm like, you got to tell me if this is supposed to be what I'm supposed to be doing." And like, like peace came he over you. Yeah. He he answered me that day cuz I I just like I almost won the qualifier to qualify for an LPGA event, and I was like so That's unhealthy. Insane. I probably barely, I probably barely made it through the eighteen holes. I was like one hundred and five pounds, like you know, stick mm-hmm. bones. Um, so it was just really cool, but
0: yeah, yeah, and, it's and like so, the peace that you feel and the joy and stuff, like when you were in that moment of like, yeah. basically like full yeah. surrender, like yeah. I can't do this anymore. I need help. That kind so of I, thing, I yeah.
1: I think the, yeah. the point is like, whether you're religious, not religious, you need to have some sort of foundation that you can go back to. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And something that you can, you can draw on, um, you know, and I think golf is actually a great metaphor for it. Cause it's probably one of the, <laughs> it's one of the most depressing sports you can play. You're going to be losing more times than you're winning. Um, but it's that little light at the end of the tunnel like the feeling we always try to get you know and and it's one of those things like i've i think i've taken three or four years off of tournament golf but i always know it's there because it's something i love and frankly i've worked in the golf industry for nearly a decade um and i always have people saying like oh you you know you get to work and something you love." Playing golf and working golf are two very separate yeah. things, and I am so glad I am not working for. Um, well, <laughs> I'm I'm glad I'm I'm on this side of the microphone. Let's put it that way. But um, <laughs> we we are running a little bit short on time, and I feel like we could probably extend this to like two or three more episodes Ooh. at some point. Wow. Um, not
2: yeah, yeah, we can, we can, yeah. we can
1: run the, the spinner a few times. So, um, and thank I'm you good. both it's for, just...
2: yeah, I- I'm good on time. We got more, we got some more time here.
1: Okay. Uh, well in this transition, thank you guys both for being so open. I know it's a tough co- conversation to have, but, uh, everybody's going to be okay. We just need to do it together as a group instead of, uh, separately. That's like yeah. golf is so great. Yeah, I absolutely,
0: absolutely. I can relate about the isolation I, uh, thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. No, it's uh, you know, it's been a struggle for me living in Austin when everyone I know is somewhere else. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, either way, let's get into. Maybe I should the, hook you uh, up with
0: my nephews. You can go hang out with my little nephews and teach them golf.
1: I don't know. The uh, like twenty minutes the, from you. The the San Diego sunrise is on the horizon. I. Um,
0: you mean sunset?
1: sure both um cool meaning meaning i may or not be going back there soon i am going back there actually for father's day so cool um That's awesome. gonna nice. hopefully go to the us open at la country club and when is that uh father's day weekend what is that like the 16th 18th, yeah something like that there. um LA Country Club's pure. I played a, a U, uh, U.S. Junior AM qualifier there. Man, that feels like a long time ago. I feel like you were a stick. I still am a stick, Rich, just because I don't I play Yeah, you I don't are. I not play anymore. I, I, when I do, and this is something, too, which I, I'm, like, really happy that I've taken. I basically haven't played for, like, the time I've been here. I played maybe a handful of times. I've been here, like, eight months. Um, but every time I go play I am like two or three under. So maybe I Dang. should stop. I should stop like practicing and just but I, I think it's something when you're like at our level where you've been playing your whole life, a lot of it is just perspective. Like I'm so appreciative to be out there and a yeah, the mentor game. Yeah. That, um you don't take it for I granted don't... anymore. No. I mean I I it's all perspective, a hundred percent. And, and the guys, you know, you see them on tour and guys that are like, haven't made a cut all year and then all of a sudden win something or run top. You're so, you're so close. A lot of the time, it's little things that you could do. And a lot of the time it is just personal stuff. Um, So anyway, let's get into our shotgun spinner um, real quick. So for the listeners out there and a couple, We'll Mm -hmm. we'll do a couple here for you. Um, So for the listeners out there that maybe have not seen the podcast or not watching the video right now, basically have, I think it's 13 different topics on the spinner. We'll give it a little run, see what it lands on, and we will talk about it. Sound good? Okay. The first one here is going to be Oops. Okay, so oops could be like most embarrassing moment on the golf course or just in your personal life or you know, I think when I asked Rachel this one we started getting into the shank conversation which I think inevitably comes up for everybody. Um but do you have anything that comes to mind in terms of embarrassing the, moments? The only
2: thing I, the only thing I can think of just because it happened so recently, so this last weekend I was out on the course and my brother was out there. And my younger brother, he's the assistant superintendent at TPC Twin Cities, which is my home club oh, in Minnesota. Sick. Yeah, he's a stick. Like, you're talking about how you never practice, Nick, and you can just go shoot a couple under. Uh, my brother shot 32 on the front when I played with him the other day, and he, he missed a couple, and I, he never practices. Like, he I won saw, I, saw yeah. I saw your post, yeah. How old is he? Yeah, so he's like 20, 26 seven or something i feel so bad i don't know that off the top of my head i think he's 27 <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so anyways we're on the 18th green and i like it's a par five and 18 you i bumped my drive and i was going for it in two but i missed it like long left and so basically i had to hit this block shot on the green to uh, like I, I had to hit like some crazy flop shot, right? Because I was short sighted and I was like way above this bunker, and I got it on video too, I think, which is like I am try <laughs> and find the video. But my brother's like, that's I'll bet you a hundred bucks if you can like get this within three feet or something." And I was so confident, I was like, "Deal, like let's go." And I just, like flop shot this, and it was a downhill lie, so that's that was my issue, and I just totally. Like bladed one across into the water, <laughs> like not even close. Okay, so that's not a huge oops moment, but it was pretty funny. So it was kind of like an oops because it was funny because I was talking obviously kind of cocky, confident to my brother that I was gonna like throw this right. awesome flop shot up towards the hole, and I totally just bladed it across straight, into the water.
1: It's hilarious. The
2: straight. Into go, I'm pretty did, sure I it. Did you go get though.
1: the ball? Did you did you uh... i
2: i took a drop it, it was it, it's in there you're not going in to get it like, I took a drop.
1: <laughs> you don't Any have your bogey. you don't have your ball retriever
0: yeah what's no. that
2: i feel like but people like at tpc twin cities have ball retrievers because you lose that many balls true it's crazy yeah so there's my so, I, day.
1: so when i was maybe it's probably two years ago i still don't know where it went but this is actually kind of funny on the topic of ball retrievers. So I used to work for Cobra golf and we were like renovating the building. So they're getting rid of a lot of stuff like, um, just random little knickknacks and stuff. And somebody found like a ball retriever with a Cobra logo on it. So I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to put this in somebody's bag at my club and I run, or I ran, like, a, a Sunday game every Sunday with, like, a group of 20, That's 25 sad. guys. And the the idea was going to be, like, whoever played the worst that week was going to have mm-hmm. to hold on to the ball retriever. So I put the ball retriever in somebody's bag, and I see, I see the guy, like, the next day, and the ball retriever is not in his bag. So I still don't know where it is. I don't know where, like... It's probably still in the bag room somewhere, but it is and we don't have any we don't have any water at my home course either. So there's really no point in having a ball retriever.
0: There's no water?
1: <laughs> there's no no, we're we're on I mean you can see the ocean from the golf course, but there's no That's actual So water. Sad. there's no yeah. Is it
0: Lynx style?
1: No, we're in San Diego.
0: <laughs> hey, you don't know.
1: <laughs> no, Dude, not, there's links on not, the beach like literally on the beach no
0: no like ireland california australia
1: yeah that that's ireland So this is san diego so so no australia. no it's, it, it's it's not um i'll i'll take trump there. That's trump this
0: uh new hold york hold is freaking links. thank you very much
1: okay don't well, put it
0: past you i love lynx courses
1: there's no real lynx courses Let's go in lynx. california the that was the one best one th- only one I can think of is maybe, um, Rustic Canyon, um, which isn't even that linksy. It's kind of linksy. Well, Betsy, I, I thank you so much for your time. Uh, unfortunately, I think we're a little bit short on time today and hopefully we can get you on for another episode and, and talk a little bit more about, I still want to learn more about what you're currently playing in, what you're working towards and, um, I think our listeners want to as well. Do you want to give a little 30-second ch- shout-out to, you know, PXG, your sponsors, what you're doing right now?
2: Yeah. So, and to answer your question, uh, the goal is LPGA. So, I'm just trying to plan as many events as I can to get there. Uh, Q School, I'll have to go back to Q School this fall. I think I've got the Colorado Women's Open in a couple weeks, which would be a really, really big win. So, stay tuned on that. Um but yeah, shout out to PXG. They are amazing. I just absolutely love the brand, the apparel, the clubs, the Gent are great. Another reason that I just love PXG is they support women's golf more than any other brand mm-hmm. that I know. Period. So that's a huge win for me and why I stand behind the brand. So thank you, PXG. Um, any other sponsors, I mean they're just some training aids and stuff that I see on you guys see on Instagram. Uh
1: Well, I I want to do definitely at some point, I want to do like an equipment PXG um, little podcast with you Mm -hmm. because that's kind of my background is most recently was building custom clubs, like everything in my bag I've built from scratch, like, I was a fitter for Cowboy and Cobra. Like that's totally my background. So we should definitely get yeah, into that. We I'm should. curious about. Do an uh, equipment
2: pod. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. we
1: can do an equipment pod and, and try to get Rachel into a driver from this century. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't hate on my M4.
0: Should. That thing was on fire yesterday. The guys were like, why do they even make you hit drivers? Like you should just throw it down the fairway, right in the middle of the fairway. I was like, dude, even if I missed it, it was just like a mishit, Like went in solid, but it was straight.
1: I'm, so it was I'm fine pretty, we didn't play I'm that long I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure if I got you another driver and just painted it like Not North true. Carolina blue you would be
0: I love my shaft I will say but also like the only thing I like better it might be the stealth Two with the KBS shaft shout out KBS which I I think we should add that KBS is really good about women's golf as well and they're so yep. supportive yeah. so shout out KBS yep. the freaking shafts are awesome
1: they've yeah. and the people helped are great. me a lot over the years um, they're so
0: good i love their whole
2: like all my followers on instagram and just golf in general like look at this right look at how golf has brought all these different people together and like these relationships that we've built you know rachel you and i met through golf nick now i know you it's just like the golf community is amazing. So just kind of a quick shout it's out. So to that. small but thanks. so big.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We all, just
1: thanks we for all everyone speak uh, out there
2: supporting all of us. It's a grind.
1: We all speak the same language and it's it's golf. We're
0: right. all nerdy in our own way and we're all <laughs> we all believe we got this and we do. So we're just gonna keep going.
1: Well, thank you guys so much uh for coming on or Betsy, thank you so much. Rachel, you're you're stuck with me for a couple more episodes, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> just maybe a, just, a, yeah. just a couple, uh, but we'll be yeah. sure to get you on again. Again, Betsy, good luck with both you guys' qualifiers coming up here. Uh, for the listeners out there, Be sure to follow us on uh, Instagram at birdie me underscore the podcast. We're also on Spotify, Apple music, and YouTube as well. So I'll definitely plug those in. Um, And we will see you guys on the next episode next week, next uh, Friday. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you on the next one.